Transmitting higher top of Florida's peninsula at 108 feet. This is Alpha Mike, and you are listening to Raider Cop Podcast, episode 139. Today, we feature the third part of, I believe I said 10, episodes on the forgotten profession in law enforcement, which if you're a regular listener, you would know that that is corrections. So, so far in the books, we have episode 136, Intake, 137, Untrained leaderships, Leadership in Corrections, and today, 139, we feature Get It All, which is an expression in one particular jail in Florida. GIA are the initials, Mass Jail Release. We're going to explore where in the world is this, the pandemic and open up the gates and let everybody out come from. Why is it there? Why they don't need to do it? And what they really need. So we've got to talk about that. And of course, we have a whole agenda that we have to get out there first. As always, if you want to get in contact with us, you can at RaiderCopNation.com. It's that simple. New website. You can uh, scroll down the, to the website, and the social network icons will pop up. You can connect with us from there. The website also now has a Raider Cop store, which is still being formulated. You can buy um, uh, jugs, uh, coffee mugs, T-shirts, that kind of thing with the <clears throat> with the uh, logo, the Raider Cop logo on it, and uh, we're, we're also going to be doing some affiliate things, some commercial messages that we'll be doing in the future too. But I'm not going to trouble you with all that today. Those things are coming. Let's live for today, not tomorrow. Just stay tuned. God willing, we can get those. And much more done. All right, so we're going to start getting into our Wise Guy series again. And we took a little hiatus as the country was screaming and yelling in panic, as the media were scaring the pants off of everybody, that we were all going to die. The Chicken Little fever was swarming all around the world. So we concentrated on some of those issues, dealing with that, dealing with the crazy libs and um, the Bolsheviks trying to take our rights away 
and uh, uh, Fuchi Muchi telling us we can't go out, we can't shake hands, we can't do anything. And uh, we didn't even put up a fight and our civil liberties were stolen from us. Is it a bad thing, this coronavirus? Of course it is. People are dying. Have we seen worse in society? Of course we have too. So you have to wonder. So back to the subject. Once we got off that hiatus, we put a lot of things on the shelves and one of those things are the Wise Guys series. Recently somebody asked me, well, isn't it a contradiction that you're talking about wise guy or gang members or mafia and you're also talking about scripture and you're also talking about police work and all that? And all this mumbo-jumbo is not consistent. And I said, well, there's where you're wrong because it is consistent. First of all, people have a fascination with the mob, how they live. I guess it's a fantasy that they always wanted to be a part of that world. So they buy their books, they read uh, their books, they uh, also see their movies, whatever's left of them, and uh, they enjoy that. But we want to also not glamorize it, because in every story that we give on the Wise Guy Network section, the ending is always the same. Death or imprisonment nothing there's no white picket fence and he went off to live heavily ever after very very seldom will you have a story like that so we do it because it is a function of law enforcement to know who these people are and how they work and operate and so forth and um like i said people like it they love it they they can't live uh Without it, I guess, or uh, high-rated numbers uh, on the podcast come from shows like that. So that tells you everything. All right, so now the media is trying to tell us about the new norm. And I don't know about you, but I refuse to subscribe to a new norm. Now, I'm not saying not to go out with precautions or mask or due diligence. Have your hand sanitizers that now I'm starting to see that they're popping up, thank God. And uh, toilet paper is starting to come back at the supermarkets. Things are happening, folks. The only thing that is not really happening for a lot of Americans is the stimulus check is still not arrived. But soon we're going to be talking about stimulus. People are looking for stimulus. We got something to give them, but not now. It's coming, just like the check. So, all right, the FBI came out with new statistics on the FBI release on uh, law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty for 2019. The numbers always, for us, they're never good because if you have one person on there, they're not good. But uh, we did feature uh, killing the line of duty for 2019 law enforcement officers. 45 were male, three were female, 40 were white. Seven were African-American, one was Asian. And uh, we see that uh, 15 died as a result of an investigation or law enforcement activity. Nine were involved in a tactical situation, barricaded subject, hostage, whatever. Five were involved in an unprovoked attack. Four were responding to a crime in progress. 
and it, it breaks it down a little bit more and more as it goes on. Uh, one thing that really sticks out to me, and I'm going to give me a second here before I can find it and look it up. So if I was still an active uh, uh, instructor in law enforcement, especially dealing with anything with force or firearms, I would have taken out this statistic and beat every officer over the head with it. And the people that met that criteria would have to work a lot harder in their mandatory training sessions. And let me explain to you what I am talking about. Uh, the FBI gives us the statistics on the average age of the person, uh, the officer in, in these confrontations and uh, getting shot. And it says uh, the officer profile, according to the FBI, the average age of the officer who were, were feloniously killed were 40 years old. The victim officer had served in law enforcement for an average of 13 years at the time of the fatal shooting. So average age 40 and 13 years of service. You, whoever you are, my friend, need to draw faster, shoot better, be in more physical condition than ever. Be alert, be focused, get rid of the seven year itch and focus on the finish line at the end of your retirement because statistics are saying you might be the next one. So keep that in mind. We have that posted on the show notes as well for you to read. All right, so let's get away from some of that negativeness and let's talk some positives with the Lord as he guides us to another word of the week. From the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 26, I'll read, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Of course, you can learn more about this verse, 15 minutes or less, every week for your spiritual training. We are not going to bore you to death. A lot of people not attending church. A lot of people are too busy listening to the media, screaming into the microphones. So 15 minutes or less, you can hear what this specific verse that I read, what it means for you in your spiritual life. The powerful word of God, 15 minutes or less. As I said, people are waiting for their stimulus check. Stimulus, stimulus. If you want stimulus, listen in to Test Everything 1521, and you will be receiving some stimulus there. All right. Well, there's a lot of fuss about jails, coronavirus, prisons. How fast can we get the crooks out? 
and how fast can we um, jail, arrest, send to prison the good citizens that all of a sudden started violating these Bolshevik governors and their rulings. Such contradiction is outrageous. I, I still can't figure this one out. So you want to open up the jails and prisons and let everybody out, save everybody out, save yourselves. But you want to arrest the law-abiding citizen because they might be walking five feet between each other, not six. We have turned into the world that the scripture says the people will say what is bad is good and what is good is bad. We're getting there, folks. We're getting closer and closer. So it's going to time to wind up the bus. Get the small bus, not the big bus. Get it ready because it's time for the main topic of episode 139, Get It All, G-I-A, Mass Jail Release. Episode 139, Get It All, G-I-A, Mass Jail Release. Now, I'm sure you've put on the media, the news, and you've heard the media talking about jail release. Getting rid of people so they don't get part of the pandemic, regardless of who they are. Not necessarily charge. Charge could be a misdemeanor, but it never a violent felony, supposedly. The amount that are being released from the hundreds to the thousands. Jail release. So the questions that have to be asked, we're going to look at them. There are not many of them. So we're not going to get into a dreaded... Uh, topic on the forgotten profession. Not too many people can withstand it. But we will talk about some essential questions that need to be asked. So, as I said, the term get it all, which is a term in jail philosophy, as a person which is incarcerated, they pay their bond, they're in the cell, they're waiting And during that time that it takes to process them out, the deputy, the officer will respond to the particular cell that they're located, open it up, call their name, and they don't know why they're being called, and they will be told GIA, which is get it all. Get all your stuff. You are out of there. That is our 
topic, and that is, is what is occurring around America. So who really wants jail release? Who are these people? Well, it ain't the criminals. They're just going around for the free ride. But there are some powerful groups that are pushing the agenda. In fact, the sheriff of Los Angeles, which sent out hundreds, if not thousands, of inmates from the Los Angeles County Jail System, said he was following some type of edict or call for action by the ACLU, which is the American Civil Liberties Union, better known as the one and only communist Bolshevik group. Most of the times, whenever they want something, you need to duck and you need to roll. Duck and roll because the ACLU is coming. It's probably havoc, whatever they want. It will cause chaos and confusion. But there they are talking about civil liberties for all Americans. And they start putting paper and pen together to make people's lives a living hell. This is no different the mass release of hundreds and thousands of prisoners around America's jails under the pretext of the coronavirus. Forget the victims, forget what they've done, forget who they are, get them out of here. So there's also some other groups that are involved with these pursuits of what they consider happiness. The Disability Law Center, and I'm sure if you click away, Disability Law Center, you'll see their website. And you'll see all the wonderful things that they probably stand for. And you might even get gazy-eyed reading it and thinking, wow, so nice to live in America. But who's behind the groups is another question. And another group is the Dream Defenders supposedly a bunch of lawyers. I took specific interest in them because uh, one of their members, I would like to say, is running for state attorney of a specific county in Florida. And I know the person. And they were talking about, you know, mass release of inmates. And I saw this individual on one of the news networks in Miami. And in an interview, he was talking about how people that can't afford bonds stay in jail. And none of this could have been further from the truth because the person used to work 32 years ago in the Miami-Dade County Jail. And one of the jobs that that person had was release people that were unfortunate. They, they were of low economic faculties. They were released pretty much on own recognizance. All they had to do was report once a week to this um, program that was called pre-trial services. 
So here's this person now talking about how government has failed its responsibility. We did a podcast on that. I'll attach it to the show notes. And you can hear about the laws and how uh, the crazy lawyers, the lawyers have created this mass release thing. This is a, a drum that they've been beating the hell out of for eons. This is nothing new. Might be new if you turned on the media, you know, the news. But this has been going on forever in a day. So when you go to the dream defenders, you notice that they like every cause. Like they first came up when the issue in Missouri happened. And in Ferguson, Missouri. And and they, they stood up because... That was a profound incident in their lives. So they charged. And then they took on another cause and another cause. And now they're doing hospitals and doctors and nurses. And they'll do anything. See, the Bolshevik communist socialist agenda is like peanut butter. You can just spread that bad boy on any piece of toast. So we're not going to bore you on who these people are because we kind of have an idea who they are. So what's the agenda? Release, release, release. Well, there's a lot of agendas. Not only release, catch and release, release, and crime's going to go up, right? So if I let a thousand inmates leave any specific jail in America... I'm probably going to get a 10% return on my money that about 100 of those will commit a crime. Some of them even felony. Tampa, the sheriff from Tampa, released a misdemeanor in, in, inmate, and uh, he proceeded to go out and commit a murder. And all things happen, you know. But uh, the agenda is not only that, but the agenda is more sinister than that. It's also to disrupt the criminal justice system. Well, how? How can you do that, Alpha? Simple. If I have a department, a sheriff's department, watching all these criminals, but I've opened the door and let them all out on promissory notes, then what are these officers going to look at? themselves so slowly the pendulum will turn and I've even seen on Facebook a couple of these officers rooting for the dream defenders when in fact they're putting their own necks inside the guillotine ready to get their heads chopped off because if I don't have enough prisoners then I don't need all these deputies slash officers so it's more sinister as we go along the other issue is do agencies have a detailed policy on mass release probably no probably they're typing it as we speak probably they make it up as they go along the bottom line that how do you write a policy on a mass release? Pick the ones that were shaved, 
the ones that have smiley personalities, you, they talk about terms as non-violent offenders. Okay, that sounds good, but do you really know who the person is? So here's some criteria that might be able to help some of these delusional, crazy, nutty, Bolshevik agencies that are just opening up the door and releasing everybody that they see. One, PTA, promise to appear. Let the police officers do it from the time of arrest. Instead of bringing them into jail, you can give them a little ticket that says you will promise to show up to jail at a later date. That will keep all that publicity of letting inmates, criminals out of the jails. Another thing that could be done is those people that have been sentenced to misdemeanors, 364 days or less, and they're close to the end of their term. Let's say they were sentenced to eight months and they're on their sixth month. Bye. It's your lucky day. Let's get rid of some of those people. First time offenders, never been arrested. There's little Johnny in the holding cell. We can let him go. Okay, of course, non-violent offenders based on the arrest and the background. Another agency that I used to work with, officers, law enforcement officers, the dispatcher had a specific code that they would use to let the officer know that they were dealing with a past felony violent offender, Article A. So that way you would be on your P's and Q's. So that wouldn't be that difficult to figure out East also. Now, some other issues that are really needed and urgently are resources. And when you have a, a facility or a jail with five, six, seven, ten thousand people, you need doctors, you need resources, you need all the fun things that they have in hospitals. You need space, because if I need to quarantine people, if I need to do social distancing. It was funny how I read all these articles, how judges were telling sheriffs and agency department chiefs that they need to create social distancing <clears throat> between inmates. Of course, everybody chuckled and said it can't be done. <clears throat> I even read one article, which is cockamamie, okay, bunk beds. So one will be pointing their head east and the other one will be pointing their head west. So technically, between nostrils, that's more than six feet. This is the kind of lunacy that is occurring in jails, courtrooms, <coughs> excuse me, all around America. But maybe you should have places that you could take them and house them in emergency settings like huge, humongous auditoriums and use emergency provisions to spread them out. I remember once there was a sheriff called Nick Navarro in Broward County back in the 80s 
and he started putting up Tent City. Well, there was a lawsuit, and a federal judge said, no, 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 you're discriminating against their rights, and you can't do that. But there has to be some type of emergency provisions. What happens if a hurricane hits a jail and knocks everything out? Well, I witnessed that. I saw those things. Those events occur. All the prisoners, they get transferred to, guess what? Hold your horses. Sit down. Here's the answer. Another jail in another county. It's that simple. They'll watch them for you. So you can get space. Let's see. Schools are closed. They got real big gymnasiums. And I got a bunch of officers who ain't got nothing to do. Non-violent offenders. We throw out the bunks. We space them out six feet. The bologna sandwiches will be ready to go. Cartoon Network will be on the screens for them to have joy and entertainment. And we don't need to release them. But resources is the most fundamental aspect of this whole pandemic issue with jails and prisons. PPEs need to have every officer a set. Remember, we discussed this in a prior episode that it should be a budgetary issue, not a general issue. For example... Agency will buy $200,000 worth of PPEs because that doesn't tell me how many PPEs are in the box and how many people do I have. So how about I write it in a policy so it's mandated in some type of budgetary provision that each officer will receive a set of PPEs and sanitizer gloves, gargles, all the stuff they need. And I remember uh, many, many moons ago, they had issued gas masks all law enforcement personnel. And everybody said, why in the hell do we need this? And a lot of people over at the jail facility they said, no, we don't need it. look, collect everybody's little gas mask and put it in a box. They don't need to take that stuff home. Now, good thing is we never did. But the chief that had thought it was a great idea to hand them all out was referring to a possible riot because that individual had lived through several of those riots in uniform. And he saw that one of the things was when the riot went down, a bunch of officers just didn't have, what? Gas mask. So here we never learn from our mistakes. Another issue that we discussed in a prior podcast, that we said that the union is absent on a lot of these negotiations and sit down with the agency. Some unions will tell you, well, we're not there to tell them what to do. We only take action when there's a lack of action on the part of the agency. Well, shame, shame on you because you should be proactive, not reactive. And the union 
to sit down and try to work these issues out with the agency because it is extremely costly. But the unions have a lot of clout with their membership. That's going to help you a long way. Give and take. But what's sad is when you had incidents that occurred 25 years ago, the resources and equipments weren't there at that time. 25 years later, the equipment and the resources are not there again. Who's failed? The agency heads, the government, and the union. So once we bring all these resources, space, deputies, officers, we give them tickets and promise to appear. Why take them to jail? Just take them to jail on felony counts and early termination of, of their sentences. It's their lucky day. First time offenders, nonviolent, and all that. Now we have a list, and those lists might not be in the hundreds. I might have just told you 40 people we could release. But we can create space because government has the ability to create space. It owns buildings. There's a pandemic. Everybody's at home on punishment. These public buildings should be opened for correctional facilities. Are you mad? How can you have prisoners go there? Well, you can. Because some of the emergency provisions for a lot of these jails and prisons around the country is in a mass evacuation in case of a fire, they have to go to certain locations and these locations have to be spread out so they can do massive headcounts, make sure nobody, you know, <laughs> went the wrong way, they can get on the bus, you know, that kind of stuff. So why don't we use the same philosophy since all our schools are closed right now and use those big gymnasiums they have and we stick, let's say, a hundred of them in there. And we spread them out six feet. And we give them bunks, bologna sandwiches, a cartoon network, and let's say 10 officers. Everybody's happy. We ride out the wave. We ride out the pandemic. What do you say, kids? Why don't we hook up with the public school system? The reason that these things are not in place is because there is no energy. There is no willingness to have it. There is no care in the world, number one, for any type of inmate. Neither the right nor the left really give a, uh, a pandemic about either one of them. What they care about is their political point that they're trying to make. Resources. Anything that deals with medical has a high, high price tag. Like I've always told people, I've never seen a doctor going to the hospital to go to work in a beat-up pickup truck. So they make a lot of money, and anything that's medical is at that top tier. Those bucks need to be there. But the commissioners or the city commission or the county commission or the state legislators... They don't want to give us the money. Then guess what? You don't participate in the pandemics in the future. 
because you need the resources. It's not that difficult. They're making it difficult. There have been worse times in this country, in jails. Not about a little sniff and cough, but riots, deaths, burning of facilities. And we've lived through all of them. But all of a sudden, there we are. And we can't figure this out. And crazy judges are telling correctional chiefs, you need to produce six social distancing space between inmates. I even saw a memorandum that mandated officers to have social distancing, not only between themselves as officers, but inmates. One of the officers told me, if I do social distancing with an inmate in my classification that I work, he would be an escapee. You see, the officer works for the transportation unit. He has to transport them out in the street from courts, jails, hospitals, that kind of thing. Right? So imagine doing social distancing with them. Just walk in front of me six feet. Before you know it, he's gone. Where was he? I don't know. We were practicing social distancing and he disappeared. There's got to be a better way if you have a higher degree. I know it's difficult because the degree has nothing to do with what you're doing. Remember, we discussed this in the leadership in corrections, untrained. So you have a business degree, but you don't have a, a, a dilemma degree. You don't know what to do. You've never done it before. So educate yourself. You got four stars. You make a lot of money. But you might not have a lot of experience. So here's what you do. You put out a notice. And you start picking the best people you've got in your agency. You put together a committee. Then you reach out. Pay attention. Put your ear on the speaker so you pay attention. And you reach out through social media. You know where to find us. And you reach out to those retirees. How many want to volunteer for a committee? They can either physically come in. Remember, we're in pandemic mode. Or they can do it through conference calls. That's right, Ma Bell. Just dial the number. And you could hear input that you would never even imagine ever occurred in the agency that you are governing. They will go back to yesteryear, the stagecoach, and tell you stories that will wow you how they survived. That should be enough to motivate you right through the pandemic and into the next century. If you don't know, seek the answer. Because without the ability to seek, you will not find. Knock and the door will open. But if you knock your head into it, you might just fall down and faint. It's serious. It's real. It is an episode where we're trying to make some light of it.
the only way we can do this is with your help. This is our third podcast. Seven more to go, folks. The Forgotten Profession. It needs help. It needs you. Raise a hand. Say you got an idea. Spit it out. Wealth of information. They're all out there. I see them. I see them on Facebook all the time. They can fix any, any, anything in the world. World wars, pandemics, whatever, right there. From the swivel chairs and the, and the computer terminals. So I don't understand how this could be a problem. But again, we got to continue going forward. Song of the Week, my friends, is Elvis, You Don't Have to Say You Love Me, 1970. We're going to go way back. Up next, episode 140, Don Vito. Now, our Wise Guy episodes will lead us into one, will lead us into another, and the story will be told. As always, we need you to be here as our audience, and we're proud that you're with us. We're glad that you're with us, and we need you to continue connecting with us. New things are coming, and we can take that journey together. You can always find us at RaiderCopNation.com. I thank you for your time because your time is worth gold. As always, it is my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Raider Cop Podcast. Continue to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family. Continue to pray for your community. Continue to pray for the law enforcement agencies that serve you. And most importantly, continue to pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out.
Four three two three, chest side, thirteen twenty two. 